Good morning. It's great to be with you here today. Um, sadly, not together in person, but at least virtually. And particularly special for me today, as this is my last official Sunday at All Souls Church uh, before I move on to my next steps. So, um, yeah, great to be here. And um, before I go on to talking about this particular passage, uh, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that through these words today that you will open our eyes, our minds and our hearts to know more of you, Lord. Amen. So as I was looking at this passage, Acts 13, uh, the word that kept coming back to me was huddle. And for those of you that play team sports, you'll know all about the huddle where you you gather in a circle just before the game and the captain uh, goes through uh, trying to encourage you, gives you guidance just before you go out onto the field. And it seems to me that Jesus was a little bit like a team captain. He was uh, with his disciples around him. He did the same. He taught, he gave them guidance and he built them up to go out into the world and then at Pentecost, we see that again, the Holy Spirit coming, replacing Jesus in sending out the disciples and empowering them and equipping them with what they needed to, to share this message to the world. And it seems that without this power of the, the Holy Spirit on our church, within us, we, we are just a little bit uh, floundering in this world as Christians. When I first walked into All Souls Church, it was about 12 and a half years ago, and I was pretty much just a dissatisfied atheist. And um, the welcome I received was amazing, though. And I, I thought I'd come into church and find out a little bit more about this person of Jesus and why people still believed in him in the 21st century. And, uh, you know, part of my search was because I was looking for some deeper purpose and deeper meaning to life. And um, I had a sense of walking into All Souls, of, of not being judged at all, of being welcomed into this loving community and coming into a space where people talked about what mattered in life, from relationships to love to death, um, all aspects of life. And... Um, it wasn't just about me and whether I was successful enough, mindful enough, thin enough, had the right car, the right job, all that sort of stuff. And, um, and where I heard about and was shown by the people I met a new way of living, a way that I found out was modelled on the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. Now, I remember some years ago, going along to our local school, the Blue School, to watch a nativity play. And it was the turn of the Littleys, the, the nursery and reception years, so three and four year olds. And uh, one particular group had to be angels and um, they were shunted on stage by the teachers and dressed and they looked beautiful in their white robes and their, their silver and gold accessories and absolutely gorgeous but they refused to spread out and they stayed in this little tight huddle. And uh, it was a little bit uh, like emperor penguins, more like emperor penguins than angels come to give good news of great joy to the shepherds. They kept it to themselves. And uh, it, it reminds me sometimes that maybe as church, we're a little bit like that. We have this good news of great joy, but we keep it to ourselves. 
um, and in our huddles, be it in church or virtually. And there's a sense that we don't want to step out, that we, uh, we might maybe look a little bit foolish. And, um, you know, or make a mistake. Is it much more comfortable to stay within a community that understands us? So whether we're at a, a tiny rural church or one of these great big mega churches of 2000 plus, the, the idea behind gathered worship is the same. That huddle, it's there to build us up, to equip us in order to send us out into the field. And, uh, and yeah, we get built up by each other through the Holy Spirit. And every Christian through this has a part to play on the field. And that's through how we live out our lives, through our relationships, through our communities, the choices we make with our money, how we care for others and how we care for God's creation. And if you're listening to this and the idea of the Holy Spirit seems just a bit weird to you, I'll give you a, a story of mine, may help. So as I mentioned earlier, I was a dissatisfied atheist when I wandered into church all those years ago. And I had been pretty much a kind of badge-wearing Dawkins type of atheist. But something drew me into church. And I remember sitting in the pews at the back of church and wondering how on earth people connected with God. How do people you know, connect with something that's so not tangible? And even before I knew what the Holy Spirit was, who the Holy Spirit was, I sat down on this pew and tried to pray and it was something along the lines of God who are you God where are you and uh, that was pretty much my prayer for some time it wasn't an instant conversion for me I think I was just way too cynical but I remember then after taking the plunge and going along to one of the church small groups and we call them hubs now and um, I'd been invited to this group, so I thought, right, I'll go along. And while I was there, it was a time I was going through a really rough patch. And uh, people there offered to pray for me. And not only that, they also lay hands on me. And that was such a freaky moment for me. I was uh, wondering what was going on. But actually, I truly felt a sense of warmth, a sense of being totally cared for, and a sense of connection. And if you've never had people pray for you, give it a go. Get over your cynicism and doubts. Let somebody pray for you. And uh, it's not a crazy thing, but a life-affirming thing. Um, something that builds you up, allows you to feel truly what you feel, and helps you to feel that connection with God. So back to Barnabas, though. And uh, Barnabas and Paul are gathered and um, getting ready to be sent out on this mission. Now, a bit about Barnabas, he's um, quite an important figure in the New Testament and without him we wouldn't have half of the New Testament. He was from Cyprus and he had heard about uh, Jesus and he had come to find out more and and he'd become a follower of Jesus and he changed. He was originally uh, named Joseph and they changed his name to Barnabas, which is sort of a nickname, which meant the encourager. And in Acts 11, we find out that he is a good man, a man filled with the spirit and faith. 
and it's Barnabas who uh, takes Paul under his wing. Uh, Paul is trying to join this group of disciples, but they want nothing to do with him. Paul, formerly known as Saul, was famous at that time for persecuting new followers of Jesus. And so you can imagine the new disciples were very wary of him. But it's Barnabas who uh, listens to Paul and believes his story of conversion and brings him along to the disciples. And uh, he decides to uh, mentor Paul and they stay for a year in Antioch, which is up near where Paul was from. And they stay there worshipping and supporting the new Christian community. And they, they assist, I think there's a famine at the time, so they assist as well in famine relief. And we catch them sometime later at um, this worship huddle. And it's the Holy Spirit um, provides confirmation at this time through others in the same group that Barnabas and Paul should set out on this quite radical mission across the seas. It's the first time they've gone overseas to a different country. And they focus is on taking the message to the Gentiles. It's basically anyone who wasn't Jewish. And at this time, going to Cyprus, it would have been the uh, Greek um, Gentiles. And these were the very people that Paul had been persecuting. Um, it was the, those new Gentile followers of Jesus. And it seems if their reason for doing this is, yeah, if the good news isn't for everyone, then it isn't for anyone. This wasn't a cultural religion, which is just handed down through families and tribes. This was a, a religion which was world-changing. It was a message that was life-transforming and that was to be shared with the rest of the world. And through, it was a, through service, through word, through being. This isn't a message of judgment, saying that you are living your life the wrong way, but a message about how becoming more like Jesus can, we can start to be part of that beautiful world that we yearn for where there is no injustice and where there are no more tears. There's been a lot of talk of bubbles recently, you know, that place where you can be with safe people from your family or close friends that you can meet up with regularly. And it seems that if our faith community is a bit like a bubble, where we only meet up with people who think a bit like us and are familiar with what we believe in, then there's not much mission going on. We will instead be living out a faith that doesn't really mean a lot to anyone, but is fairly pleasant and comfortable to live within. Now, I don't mean you have to speak Jesus to everyone you see. I think as an atheist, I'd have run a mile if that was the case. But we can be aware of where the spirit of Jesus is nudging us on those little steps within our lives where we feel drawn to. So let's be clear, going back to Barnabas, he, um, Barnabas and Paul, the thought of going to Cyprus, I imagine, wasn't particularly new. I imagine he'd been thinking about it for some time. After all, that's where he came from. But it was a radical step, as I said, of taking this, this news of Jesus overseas. And as he'd been mentoring Paul at this time, he knew they were a good team. 
But I've heard it said, and I'm inclined to agree, that the, the spirit often acts like this. It works with something that's already on our minds, something that we're already drawn to. So in my case, it was a desire for community development and uh, to work to build community where there wasn't community and to bring people together. And I remember being at another small group, um, another church small group. And at the time I wasn't working and I had two very small children and uh, I was wondering how I could get back into community development. And I blurted out, I have this desire to get back into community development, but I'm not sure quite how I'm going to go about it. And so we, we gathered and we prayed that evening. And then a short while later, I find myself as the community projects manager for All Souls Church. It seems that the Holy Spirit works with something that you already have a passion or an interest in. And whether it's about you know, making contact with people within your community, whether it's through how you uh, your line of work and how you are with colleagues at work, whether it's perhaps something to do with changing vocation, uh, it could be focused on prayer, it could be focused on advocacy for environmental issues or people on the margins, any of these things, whatever it is that nudges away at you. And um, I remember, you know, even through illness, I remember during my cancer treatment that actually I think I spoke more to strangers about my faith during that treatment than any other time, often within the hospital. So in the huddle, it's our time of worship together. Think about this nudge. It may not be instantaneous. It may not have a sudden moment of the Holy Spirit guiding you. But over time, and Paul and Barnabas, after all, were worshipping in Antioch for a year before they set out on this mission, before they had this moment of confirmation from the group through the Holy Spirit. And it was through my work on uh, All Souls Ivy Bridge, through the community development work, that I, I got that real nudge to learn more about Jesus in a more formal setting. And I realised that in order to answer some of the difficult questions that I was asked, both by people that were, were not church members, had no faith or had another faith, in order to find a way of learning how to answer these questions, I felt I needed to go to college to find out more, to articulate it. And it seems that um, this urge to learn hasn't gone away and here I find myself supported by the church off on this next stage of learning. And of course our lives have seasons and you know for some uh, there are seasons of change, of new starts and, and wanting to do something new but there are other seasons of our lives where we need that worship huddle to nurture us, to care for us and to bring healing that it's not a time to step out but a time to be nurtured. But if it is a time where you've got something that's sort of niggling away at you that you want to uh, explore or something you're quite passionate about, maybe it's time to pray in the Holy Spirit over that. Or better still, grab someone you know and trust and ask them to pray for you. Trust in the Holy Spirit to, to help you to flourish, to equip you what you need to do. So if you've never done it, 
Give it a go now. Let's go out into the field. Amen.